and welcome to the North Decatur Presbyterian Church Sermon Series. We're a PCUSA congregation in Decatur, Georgia. If you'd like to find out more about us, go to ndpc.org or just come by and visit. Here's this week's sermon. Hey, before we get started, I wondered if you could just do us a favor and if you're listening to this, shoot us an email at communications at ndpc.org and let us know how often you listen. Uh, Do you have any feedback? What you like, what you don't like? Um, We'd be interested to know what your habits are with the podcast and uh, hope to hear from you. Thanks. Here's one thing about which I am convinced. You are a story. Human beings are stories. It reminds me of this wonderful quote from the poet Muriel Rukeyser. The universe is made of stories, not of atoms. You and I are made of stories. Words arranged in a particular way make us the people that we are. Which also means that words rearranged in a different way can change the person that you are. It's our task as human beings to pay attention. To pay attention to the particular stories that enter into our lives. What stories make us more human? What stories degrade our humanity? Here's a story. The kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to someone who sowed good seed in his field. But while everybody was sleeping, an enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and then went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, the weeds appeared as well. And the servants of the householder came and said to him, Master, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where did all these weeds come from? He answered, an enemy has done this. So the servant said, then do you want us to go and gather the weeds? But he replied, no. For in gathering the weeds, you would uproot the wheat along with them. Let both of them grow together until the harvest. And then at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, collect the weeds first and bind them to be burned. But gather the wheat into my barn. What kind of story is that? What happens in that story? What happens?
tell me, before you jump to a conclusion, Virginia, tell me what happens in the story. There's a man, a person who's got a field, and he puts some seed in there, right? Some good seed. And then someone comes. Who comes? An enemy comes and puts weeds. And so the, the weeds and the wheat grow up together, and they say, should we, should we try to pull the weeds out? No. Because if you pull the weeds out, the wheat's going to come with it. Leave it all until the harvest time, and then it can be separated. So who's the field owner? God, okay, God, maybe. God who puts good things into the world, sows good seed. Maybe it's Jesus who puts the gospel into the world. Who else had an answer? It's Woody. It's Woody's field. It's us, maybe. Maybe. Maybe it's us. We're trying to do good, trying to live good lives, and, and, and something keeps putting wheat or weeds among the wheats, among our good wheat. Who is this enemy anyway? Who is it? Who? Uh, oh, what? Wait, it's us too? What? We're putting, we're our own enemy. Ooh. Is it, is it, is it Satan? Is it the nemesis who, who comes and tries to, to put, you know, it's a little bit of a mischievous kind of trick. I mean, the, the enemy didn't burn the field or poison the field. Just sprinkled a little weed seed in there. Who is that enemy anyway? And what is the harvest? Is the harvest something that happens at the end of time? When the good and the bad are separated? Doesn't the harvest happen every year? Could the harvest even happen every day? That we separate the good from the bad. My grandmother asked that this story be read at her memorial service. She was married for a long time to my grandfather. <laughs> who was a very hard man. What does it mean that the weeds and the wheat grow together? One thing is clear. It's that Jesus told parables. Jesus told these stories. What is a parable? It comes from the Greek. Para and balo. Balo means thrown, para together, thrown together. It's a words thrown together, connections made, a story that's told to illustrate something. But what? What does it illustrate? If there's one thing that's clear about parables, it's that very little is clear about parables. For a long time in the church, we assumed they were allegories. We read them as allegorical stories. Stories in which the meaning is sort of hidden in, it's a secret meaning hidden in the story. And then as we got more blunt, we tried to sort of say, no, the stories have a clear meaning and, and there's one meaning and it's our job as interpreters to know exactly what Jesus was saying in these stories. Don't get it wrong. And more recently, scholars are looking at these parables and saying, well, maybe, 
Maybe the point is not to teach a specific meaning. Maybe these are stories that don't have a lesson. Maybe they're stories that are meant to provoke us. Maybe they're meant to beguile us a little bit. Instead of the stories having a meaning, maybe they're told to open up new possibilities for meaning. Instead of telling us what to think, maybe Jesus told stories to get us to think. Here's another one. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, the merchant went and sold all that he had and bought it. What happens in that story? What happens? There's a merchant. He goes searching for something. So it's about a quest, right? It's a search. And this merchant finds a pearl, a pearl of great value. And then he sells everything that he has in order to acquire this one pearl. It's a story about searching. It's a story about finding. It's also a story about losing. Who is the merchant? What's a merchant? A business person, right? Does it change your image of the story if, for example, you imagine that this is a hedge fund manager? Or someone who sources goods for Walmart. Who is this person? And what happens when a merchant has nothing left to buy or sell? Is that person a merchant anymore? Or something else? And what is this pearl? It's a gem. It's a jewel. It's a treasure that grows inside the body of another living being. It hides for a long time. And where do you keep a pearl? that you've sold everything to acquire. Do you wear it? What if you lose it? I don't know what kind of stories you like to read and listen to. 
Maybe you like to come home and turn on a comedy so you can laugh. Maybe you like serials on Netflix and you do five or ten at a time. Maybe you like documentaries and you love the beautiful images or you love learning about the world. Maybe you read Victorian novels or romance novels. Maybe you read Instagram stories and that's as much reading as you get done. Jesus liked parables. These strange stories that push us to think deeply. Why would Jesus tell these stories? The best that I can come up with is that Jesus came to announce the reign of God. He came to announce the inauguration of a kingdom of love. The reign of justice, the reign of mercy throughout the world. It's a kingdom that very few people can see. The kingdom that they did see, the Roman Empire, the kingdom of oppression and cruelty, the kingdom of murder and death, the kingdom of inequality. Everybody believed in that kingdom. How do you overthrow a kingdom that's visible with a kingdom that's invisible? How, how, do, you, how do you replace that, that kingdom of Rome with the kingdom of God? How do, you, how do you proclaim a kingdom in which people are not afraid of the truth? In which people include others at the table? In which people forgive each other and are kind to each other? In which people live justly and mercifully? How do you announce that kingdom is here? Jesus told stories. He told strange stories that destabilized the way people thought about things. Stories that reconfigured people's lives in new ways that made them think about themselves and others in brand new ways. Jesus told stories that remade the universe. Because the universe is made of stories. One more. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to call all those who had been invited to the wedding banquet, but they would not come. Again, he sent out his servants. And he said, tell those who have been invited, look, I've prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered. Everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But those who were invited made light of it, and they went away. One to his farm, another to his business. And the rest seized the king's servants and mistreated them and killed them. The king was enraged. 
He sent his soldiers, destroyed the murderers, and burned their city. And then he said to his servants, the wedding is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Go into the main streets, invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. So the servants went out into the streets, and they gathered all whom they found, both good and bad. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing a wedding robe. And he said to him, friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? And the man was speechless. And the king said to the attendants, bind him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth for many are called, but few are chosen. What happens in that story? There's a party, or there should be a party. It should be this joyful gathering. It doesn't feel like a joyful story. Some people are invited to the banquet, but they don't come. Why? Why? They're busy? Maybe nobody likes the king. Is, don't have, don't have the, they know they don't have anything to wear. Who is this king anyway? Is it God? Not every time in these parables is the king God. This is not a good person by any stretch of the imagination. Maybe it's the emperor. And what does it mean that the banquet that was originally set for just a few now includes everyone, good and bad? Does that mean everyone is included at God's table? At our table. And who is this guest without the wedding robe? Maybe it's a sign that we have to be ready. We have to be prepared. We have to put on the right clothes. Even if we didn't expect to be invited, we have to show our virtues. But how... Would you have the right clothes if you didn't even know you were getting an invitation? Maybe the king needs to go. Maybe these old habits of propriety about what you should or shouldn't do, what you must or must not wear, maybe it's the old way that needs to be thrown out. Maybe the king needs to go so that we can celebrate a new king who doesn't care what you are wearing. Jesus told the crowds all these things in parables. Without a parable, he told them nothing. 
The universe is made of parables. Let the church say, Amen.